for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bursher, and you found the Leadership Lowdown. And we, fortunately, found in our downtown Lansing studios, Ken Glickman. He's the president of Glickman & Associates. Ken and I go back a ways. We've been friends. I've worked with him when I was on the chamber board and worked personally with him. He is somebody you need to know, and I'm so glad he's taken the time to be with us today. Ken, welcome. Hey, Vic, it was great to touch base with you again, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, you just bring so much, and part of what I think is so cool is when we talk to guests like this, there's just such a rich dynamic, and I guess the word for me when I think of you is knowledge. And so, Ken, tell us a little bit, so everybody that maybe is meeting you for the first time, tell us a little bit about your background, because we got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time today, but tell us about your background, what got you to your organization, and some of the credentials that you have. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So it really started uh, my whole career. So my basic business is executive recruiting and coaching. And those two areas really came about because I was laid off from a job and I had to go out and look for a job myself. And I became an executive recruiter and I really loved it. And then I got into the business of hope placement, which is working for people who have been laid off and fired from their jobs, service that is paid for by the company. And so I really learned both sides of the coin, what makes people hire people and what makes people fire people. Mm. And uh, it's really two sides of the same coin. And I really am a great believer that it's all about people, that a company doesn't succeed, that it's their greatest asset. And uh, they can think about putting money into so many areas of their business. But the most important area, of course, is people. And that's what I deal with. Yeah. You know, and Ken, as you were talking, it just reminded me, I have a friend of mine that's currently looking for a position. And, and for this individual is online. And so one of the things that I think is challenging is how do you burst through an online process where there might be uh, dozens, thousands, hundreds, whatever, of applicants. How do you stand out in all that in today's market? Because to me, it's kind of like flowing through everything. It's almost who you know rather than how many applications you submit. Well, you know, it's difficult, Vic, and a lot of people are having a hard time. And even when they get uh, hired, I know people who have been working, they were hired during the pandemic. And they didn't have face-to-face interviews. Everything was on Zoom and was on the phone. And uh, I know people who have still never met their boss, and they've been working there for two years. (laughs) Oh, my word. And so it's really a different world, and we are entering a workforce revolution right now. And I read a lot of articles in all kinds of magazines and newspapers, and nobody has the answer. Mm. So it's really difficult, and it takes a lot of, for the candidates, it takes a lot of work and a lot of preparation, because when you take the one-to-one chemistry away from that, you're dealing with a whole new ballgame. Ken, you know, you and I have been around this planet long enough to know that you know, there's power in physically being together with somebody where you're looking them in the eye, you have a chance to kind of have an interaction with them and to really work through it. And I think that's one of the things that feels like we're drifting into this new world that, man, how do you make some of those judgment calls, especially when uh, the world is now all basically a Zoom meeting? So in your world, you've worked the whole hiring and recruiting and all that process How much of that is gut feeling that you have uh, versus heads down looking at a resume? 
it's a real mix of that. Um, one of the things that I do, and it's really old school, but before I, when I recruit, I'm recruiting at the C-level suite yeah. for companies. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with vice presidents and chief financial officers and people like that. But before I set up an individual with a company, now I, I'll have to say this, that this is before the days of Zoom. <laughs> I still prefer this. Before my candidate sees my client, I want to see them face to face. Mm -hmm. So I will fly out wherever they are in the country and meet with them face to face. I want to see them walk in the door. I want to see them shake my hand and meet my eyes and sit down and have a conversation with me. Because I've been in this business a long time. I interview very well. But I still get the wool pulled over my eyes <laughs> now and again. Yeah. And I need to see them face to face. And uh, to me, Zoom does not do the job. Yeah, that seems like there's now, massive roles. We are in the world now where the world is Zoom for interviewing. So we really have to work very hard at filling in the blanks. And the blanks would be filled in by that personal chemistry. But so often we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Ken, when we think about uh, filling in the blanks and kind of getting a leg up on it, that's why I'm so excited to have you back here on the Leadership Lowdown because there's so many pointers and things that you can give us and share some of your wisdom on. So I'm glad you're here. Glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Vershero. We'll be right back. rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Berstra right here on the Michigan Business Network. I am so honored to talk to Ken Glickman. He's an old friend of mine and president of Glickman & Associates. He's done some great work across the nation in helping organizations find the right people. And man, it's the same old thing. We always talk about the right people on the bus and the right seats, all that stuff. And Ken is absolutely a Jedi master when it comes to doing those things and helping organizations understand that. And today, I've asked Ken if we could just spend some time talking about kind of the new norm and whatever that's going to be. Nobody knows what the future looks like. But Ken, I've heard you talk about it, a workforce revolution, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that means to you. What's your assessment of what's going on there? Well, you know, it's a really interesting world that we live in today, Vic, because the normal was you get up in the morning and you get dressed and you go to work. 
and you stay at work until whenever it's finished, and then you come home, and maybe you make a couple of calls at night, but then all of a sudden the COVID came, <laughs> and we said, okay, no one comes in the office anymore, and we didn't know what to do, but somehow we transitioned into a technology culture of doing everything on Zoom and everything on the computer and everything remotely, and it wasn't such a big thing. We were able to do it pretty well, and we worked with it. We had our meetings on Zoom, uh, and it became the new normal. We thought it would last two or three months, but here we are. It's almost two years, and companies are saying, we want you to come back to the office. And people said, you know what? I don't want to come back to the office. <laughs> you know, I got my personal office set up so beautifully. And my internet here works great. I've got my dog on my lap. I dress casually in my sweats. And I can run out and do some errands and run back. And no one's going to know the difference. And I don't know if I want to come back. And so companies are now dealing with, okay, so how are we going to manage the workforce when they're not even here and we don't even see them face to face? And so companies are really grappling with the issue of how do I keep loyalty to the firm? How do I keep the team units together and the camaraderie together if they're not here? And I think this is a problem that we have to deal with. The state of Michigan has 30,000 people working for the state of Michigan in Lansing. And many of them in those huge buildings right downtown. And guess what? Those buildings are empty right now. Well, it goes beyond just a company culture, which is really important. But there's also some economics and some other things. I happen to know of a Fortune 500 uh, insurance company here in Lansing that uh, just recently built a massive uh, new building across the highway. And I look over there thinking, oh, my word, what are they going to do with all that square footage when the rest of the world is going away? And Ken, I want to ask you before, while it's on my mind, is one of the things I've always felt is that years ago, union organizations would strike for different employee benefits. And so these benefits would be packaged and would almost become kind of important from competing for a workforce and gone from being leveraged by a union to, wait a minute, if we want good people, we have to give a good benefit package. My classic example of that is healthcare. And so healthcare is almost kind of entry-level program for so many employers to get good people. Well, I look at this work-from-home option, and don't you think that's kind of the next big thing, that the best people that want to have options are going to look for companies that have that work-from-home policy, and all of a sudden, that becomes the company that can lure some really great people in. Am I reading that right, you think? Oh, I think you've got it on the head, Dick. I was just uh, working with a client where most of their managers are older. They're over 60, and uh, the HR director was saying to them, you know, we've got to have a more flexible workspace here where people can work at home. Yeah. And the older manager said, no, I don't like that. <laughs> I want to see them at their desk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so she said, no, you know, people are turning down our jobs because we're not flexible enough. Right. So yeah, I think you're right. I think companies have to offer that flexibility. Now, some companies are offering it completely. 
that this is a remote job. You don't have to come in at all. And some will say, we want you in three days out of the week mm. or whatever. But it's a real difficult thing because once you get used to working at home, and if you have a comfortable home with a dedicated space for yourself, whether it be a bedroom or a place in the basement or whatever it might be, you get used to that and it's very comfortable. It's very friendly. However, if you are the kind of person that really needs other people and you're not maybe as self-motivated as some other people are, you find yourself drifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing so well. Now, for people who are more maybe introverted and they like to work by themselves and they don't like to be interrupted, I don't chatter, as they might say, yep. or talking about you know the Tigers or the Spartans or whatever and just get down to work, they would prefer working from home. But some people are really need that one-on-one. They need that chatter and they need to run from office to office to work with those other people to get mentored, to get help on projects and so on. It's a real problem. It's so much of what we need to talk about. I'm so excited to have Ken Glickman with us here, right here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to be right back on the Michigan Business Network after these messages and hear more from Ken. What do so many successful businesses have in common? Proactive legal strategy. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer both business and personal legal counsel. For client convenience, they have offices throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bercero, and I'm so grateful to have with me Ken Glickman. He is the president of Glickman and Associates. And of course, Ken has so much to offer in terms of trying to help us navigate what ultimately is an absolute workforce revolution that's going on right now. And that workforce revolution has created some challenges, and especially, Ken, for people that are more traditionalists. Now, there's people, um, I guess organizations like uh, Google or whatever it is, they already put together a playpen for everybody to go and work in out of their corporate headquarters. But when you have traditional cubicle worlds that some of our organizations have around town, or you have uh, people that are uh, looking at maybe the way we've always done it, this revolution is going to be kind of difficult for them to kind of get a handle on. But you talked in the last segment a little bit about some of the challenges of thinking through, I think, uh, culture, which is a big thing for me. And also, look, it could be just me, but it sure feels like when that Zoom camera is off and you don't have that person tuning in or being a part of that meeting, you don't know what's going on there. And so I know when my camera goes off, there's a good chance I'm probably sorting through other things and listening to the meeting in the background. That would be unacceptable if you were in a meeting room in your home office and somebody was staring at their phone, looking to doing messages, playing on Facebook or whatever. You'd call them out of that meeting, but in a Zoom meeting, 
you don't have that option. So tell me about your thoughts on navigating some of this. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because there's a couple things about Zoom. First of all, you know, even if you're on Zoom and the camera is on, if you have two screens, you can still be checking your emails on the other screen. <laughs> and while the camera is on, nobody even notices. Right. And then people are chatting with each other. So here you are trying to concentrate on the meeting. And at the same time, the people are chatting, and some of the chats are really important parts of the meeting, but you can't concentrate on the chat if you're listening to the people talking. It's almost like passing notes. <laughs> passing the note to you. How are you going to concentrate on both things? At the same right. In the old days, you and I would stay after school for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, all the time. I right. Do it all the time. And so, you know, I think the Zoom meeting. It is not as concentrated. And the other thing is this, Vic. Uh, we uh, are always looking at each other and getting all kinds of cues that are nonverbal expressions mm-hmm. and body language and the way you put your arms on the table and the way you sit and everything. Well, when you're on Zoom, you're looking for cues and you're not getting them. Mm. Because you just can't get those cues. And people find that being on Zoom for a long time is exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting because you're looking for communication issues that you can't get on Zoom. Yeah. Well, interesting enough, I had a one-on-one coaching session with some sales associates yesterday. And as I'm coaching them, I had two very distinct personalities. And to your point, body language Um, was really important. I had one guy that had brought notes or a notepad and was taking notes and uh, many times stopping what he was listening and writing down ideas and concepts that he wanted to zero in on while the other young man was sitting there. At one point in time, his arms were just folded and leaning back in his chair. Now, you and I both know that that's a bit of a barrier that something's going on where somebody's not actively listening when that's happening. To your point, when you're in a Zoom meeting, it's not easy to pick up uh, those elements. So I love where you're going with this, Ken, because we got to figure a way forward to be effective and dynamically lead people. And it doesn't always happen in a one-dimensional flat screen that's so much of what our world has been forced into, right? But we are now going to have to force people to get off the Zoom and come into the office for the meeting. They don't want to do that. It's a drive. It's a 20-minute, maybe a half-an-hour drive into the office. Same drive back. you got to dress up nice. You've got to look good. And people say, well, let's just do it on the Zoom. No, this meeting has to be one-on-one. People don't want to do that anymore. That's part of the workforce revolution that's mm-hmm. going on. That never, you know, if you call a meeting, people will be there. There was never a question about that. Right. Now there's a question. And the other issue is, is the issue of your corporate family. Now, everybody knows that there is such a thing as a corporate family, uh, that you spend more time with the people at work than you actually do with your own family. You're there between 9 and 5, and at home, the other kids are in bed by 9, uh, and you don't see them as much. How are you going to keep that camaraderie of the corporate family if you're not there? Mm-hmm. It's a huge deal, and I'm going to link that to another important topic, which is the big resignation that is going on. Everyone's quitting their jobs. Well, why are they quitting their jobs? Well, one of the reasons is there's no loyalty anymore. 
There's no reason to stay on. They don't feel an obligation to stay on their job. Yeah. Well, and Ken, we got to get into that because that, to your point, these are major, massive icebergs out there floating in the corporate world that we need to navigate around and understand what to do. And so, uh, so glad you're uh, helping us figure that out, Ken. Uh, I'm with Ken Glickman. He is the president of Glickman and Associates. You're right here on the Leadership Lowdown, and you found us right here on the Michigan Business Network. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network, and thanks for looking for and finding the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershero, so grateful to have with me what I consider to be one of the great minds of hiring great people and building great culture, Ken Glickman, president of Glickman & Associates, and he's doing a great job for us today, helping us unpack the new world order that we're into in terms of hiring different people through our organization and how we treat them and work them along the way. And you know what? Ken, in the last segment, you mentioned something, that the big resignation. And, man, I'd like you to unpack that for us because um, I was a guy that worked 38 years for the same organization, and all of a sudden they decided they want to go in a new direction. Give me a break. Are you kidding me? I only have a one-time 38-year gift I can give to any organization, and here I am looking on the outside. And I wonder about these other people. I watch they, they go have a cup of coffee with an organization for a couple, three years, and they keep moving around, and the HRD departments are all excited because of this vast experience they have. But, well, how long are you going to get to keep them? They're only going to be here for two years, you know. So tell me about your thoughts on the big resignation and what's going on with loyalty out there. Well, it's really something. I mean, companies don't know what to do with this. There's another aspect to this that leads to the resignation, and that is technology. It's really interesting that the technology that we have now in our homes, in our home computers, is equal to the technology that we have uh, in our company in many cases. The Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth and uh, the computer power that you have on your own machine and the two screens that you have and everything that you need to do your job is right in your house. That never used to be. And your Zoom connections, all that you have at home. So now, uh, if you want to quit, and just do it on your own. And we thought that we never had the freedom to quit our job if our boss was a jerk <laughs> or people were treating us poorly 
We really never thought we could do that, but you know what? We work at home, and we enjoy it, and we find that we're a little bit more self-motivated than we thought we were. And we say, you know what? I'm going to look for the job that's right for me, rather than just because to get a paycheck. And so people are leaving. People are retiring early. And they're leaving because they don't have as much loyalty to their company anymore because they haven't even been in the building for two years. Yeah, right, right. So many times people will get another job, maybe across the country, and never leave their house and never leave their desk. And so it's so much easier now to leave your job and get a new one, but companies don't know what to do with their work staff because that's their livelihood. Companies live and die by the talent that they have in their offices. But without those people, it's a different bargain. Yeah, so true. You know, of course, I think, too, what's interesting to me is I watch uh, organizations where they're looking and frustrated, oftentimes, leadership, frustrated with loyalty and, you know, just get people to stay or whatever those questions are. Some of those things have to be an internal question. Well, what compelling reason have we created for people to be here and to stay here and to get greater job satisfaction? And then the other thing is I always marvel and kind of chuckle when I watch organizations go on these nationwide searches for different people to take on director roles or other leadership roles in their organization. And the answer is, well, you just prove to everybody that's looking up the ladder that this isn't the place to stay if I want to be a leader here because they're just going to go out and find somebody with a hot resume anyways. So those to me, I think there's company responsibility with building loyalty. And then, of course, uh, employees, to your point, they're finding lots of job satisfaction answered in a lot of different ways, aren't they? So tell me about creating, uh, if you will, those tacks that you can tack down talented people into your organization, what are some of the keys that you think would drive employee satisfaction and loyalty? Well, you know, it's really interesting. I went to see a client this week, and they have a very large office building with 700 people who work there, and it was virtually empty. Oh, yeah. And what they're doing now is they are luring these people back to their desks by offering free tacos on Friday, <laughs> yeah. pizza on Wednesday. Well, wait a minute. I'm interested in that, guy. Let me at them. <laughs> Man, they'll, you, know, you know, they get a barista to come in and serve oh, coffee everybody. Something. I mean, they're doing all of these things to try to get people back into the family, back to the home. And companies are saying, but people are saying, wait a second, do I really have to be here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can do everything I can do at home. Uh, I don't have to be here, and a lot of people feel they were wasting their time with all of these people talking about everything else in the world except work, and interrupting you with your work, and now you're saying, you know what, I can do this at home. And companies really have to develop the reason to come back to work. Mm. You know, and I think what you just shared with me, Ken, develop the reason. That's really great wordage and verbiage for us to think about because it has to be strategic. It can just be kind of a hope, and I always like to say hope is not a strategy. And so when you think about uh, some of the purposeful things that have to be done, 
the world blew up basically because of the pandemic, and now we've got to figure out what that new uh, opportunity looks like, and we've got to be very intentional about building those opportunities and helping people understand how they fit into it. And I'm so glad, Ken, you're fitting into our day-to-day because we're right here on the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown. We found Ken Glickman, and I'm so delighted. I'm Ig Bergeron. We'll be right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm Vic Versero with Ken Glickman, president of Glickman and Associates. And of course, Ken goes all over the nation helping companies and organizations find all kinds of great leaders for their companies so we can uh, master some of these challenges that companies have. And one of the masters uh, that I think so much is in front of us that we have to master is the uncertainty of what lies ahead. And I happened to bump into Ken recently, which reminded me of we need to have a talk on the air about this. And one of the things that got my attention was he had written an article called Seven Ways to navigate 2022. And Ken, we won't have enough time to unpack all of these, but can you kind of give us a flyover on what that sounds like and what that is and what you were thinking when you wrote this? Yeah, well, we've been talking uh, throughout the hour of the the workforce revolution, and I think it's really causing all of us to rethink just everyday stuff that we do in the workplace. So I came up with seven things that we should think about as managers to work us out. So let me go through the seven with your uh, discretion here Mm -hmm. and see if we can get through them. The first one is to be flexible and open. And, And even though that sounds a little bit cliche, we have to be more flexible than what we've ever been because things are changing so quickly with COVID, with technology, with people working at home, people working uh, in the office, and we have to be open to new things that are coming up the ramp. Mm, so true. Number two, we have to re-examine each and every employee anew. We have to re-interview people who have been there for years and years and years. Let's get to know them again. Let's see how they've changed, how they've developed, and maybe we have some pearls that we didn't even realize. Oh, I love it. Right there under your nose, right? Yeah, and the next one is to create novel new ways of screening employees. We have to look at them differently. We have to see if they're flexible, if they're open to new ideas, how they deal with being thrown at home rather than working at the office, and how quickly they can recharge their engines. Yeah, I like the word maybe nimble there. How nimble are they, right? Yeah, and the next one is to include all of your team members leaders and staff people in rethinking the workplace. We are approaching problems and challenges and decisions that we have to make in the workplace that we cannot do alone. We have to include everyone to help us make these decisions, and they might have better answers than we do. Yeah, I love it. 
Uh, the next one is to uh, invent different ways of building loyalty. If people are not in the office anymore, uh, how can we still create a team family, a corporate family with these people? We have to be creative and invent different ways of building that loyalty. Yep. And second last one is to give every crazy and goofy idea full consideration. <laughs> I love that. I saw that in the article. I'm like, I like that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. People will come up with this goofy stuff that you'd say, that is so crazy. Who would ever do it? And guess what? It works. Yeah, so yeah. Really, uh, and this is part of, you know, having everybody in on your discussion, leaders and staff people. Yeah. And the last one is be on the lookout for the counseling needs of your employees. You know what? People are sick out there. Family members are dying. People have COVID. Children are having mental health problems. There are a lot of issues going on, and we don't know what's going on in people's lives mm. unless we're very sensitive to what they are, how they're acting and to give them help if they need it. Yeah. And we should really be on the lookout for that because every day we hear about thousands of people who died the day before. Well, some of those people are our employees or our employees' families, and we have to be very cognizant of what's going on because it will make an effect on everybody. Ken, you just blew me away there on that. I have to tell you that from my perspective, what you just defined is the difference between a manager and a leader. Because when I think about leadership, leaders know and understand their people. They're feeling their weaknesses, their challenges, and some of the things that are on their hearts and minds. And when it comes to management, you end up being very task-oriented, and you're trying to get from point A to B and be damned with what happens with the rest of the uh, human cost on that. Wow, that was just so good. And Ken, um, you've got this article that has been published, and you've got to wait for people to get a hold of that. But I think what we'll do is we're going to take a break here on this segment and we're going to uh, have a chance to kind of come back and learn about where they can get maybe some more of your thoughts on those seven key issues. But wow, worth the price of admission when we think about the powerful of, uh, value of what happens when we get leaders in the right positions. Uh, leadership always wins over management every time. Great to have you with us, Ken. So glad you joined us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bercher, and we're going to go pay some bills and come right back. Stop staring at your phone and plan some fun this winter at Treetops Resort. Dog sledding, tubing, sleigh riding, indoor golfing, ice skating, swimming, racing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, scavenger hunting, juggling, or relaxing in the spa. That's just some of the fun you can have. And there's skiing, and snowboarding, and sleeping, and eating, and drinking, and eating and drinking while cross-country skiing. I think you get the point. Get outside. 
and have some fun or be boring. 888-TREETOPS or treetops.com. Big Bruce are right here on Leadership Lowdown. We're in the home stretch here on this particular show and the opportunity to work with Ken Glickman, president of Glickman & Associates, right here on the Michigan Business Network. Ken, you know, uh, the last segment was just worth its weight in gold. I can't believe uh, some of the great things that you brought up in those seven items that can help us kind of redefine and navigate some of the challenges that are ahead of us. But, you know, Look, I think so much of this comes down to, do we have the proper thinking? Are we engaging at the right levels? And so much um, elements that are coming with us. And if we're an old um, style leader from years ago, then some of what you're just challenging and throwing down at our feet is kind of like blowing us away. And you're kidding me. I don't know if I can do that or not. So tell me... um, I happen to know from personal experience how valuable you can be when we get into one-on-one conversations. I know that there's a lot of Fortune 500 companies and big organizations that have hired you and flown you all over the country and world even. But tell me, in your situation, um, are you willing to work one-on-one with some individuals to help them maybe coach and mentally think through some of the challenges ahead? Yeah, so, uh, right, coaching and executive coaching is one of my strong areas of practice here. And more and more people are coming to me uh, with, geez, I'm 45, I'm 50 years old, I'm in my mid-career, where do I go from here? Uh, Do I need to find a new job? Should I work with my present employer? How do I do that? Uh, Sometimes companies come to me and say, you know, Bill has been with us for 15 years. He's a good employee, but he's not executing the way he has in the past. Mm-hmm. Could you work with him on a coaching program? And I'll tell you, Vic, it's really interesting. We go to college and we get these degrees and we learn all this great stuff about math and statistics and business practices, but we don't learn how to manage our career. Oh. And I feel that career management is an area of individual personal growth that we don't do as well as we should. We have financial managers to help us. We have coaches to help us physically, a physical coach. We have all these people to work with us, but we don't think about managing our own career. Mm. Well, and so many times, you know, it's just funny to me. I've always talked about people. Some people are checker players and some people play chess, you know, and so... Some of those people that are looking at their careers and they're making chess moves are just brilliant. And to me, it's always curious to me because I've always tried to put my employer first. um, And I've coached my kids um, that, look, if you ever want to stand out uh, in an organization, be the first to show up, the last to leave, do everything that you're asked for and volunteer for all kinds of opportunities. Because what I find is an awful lot of the workforce that I've experienced um, are people trying to get by with the least that they can. And so you can't do that for a lifetime or a career and then suddenly show up at a midpoint in your life going, man, I'm just not getting ahead. Well, no kidding. You, know, you should always be on year one of a five-year career plan. Mm, beautiful. The interview question, where do you want to be in five years, is sometimes considered a cliché. But in reality, that's a very important question. It's not so much helping out the company, but helping out yourself as well. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Do I want to stay in marketing? Should I go to sales? 
Should I go on my own? Should I go into uh, digital, a uh, more digital uh, social media? Uh, the world is changing very quickly, and we have to be on top of our game. Amen. So good, Ken. Man, this time has just flown by with you. You have so much to offer, and I just can't thank you enough for it. But, Ken, others might want to get a hold of you. Tell us how we're going to do that. Well, I have a website. It's uh, com, And that article will be on the website. It's not there now, but there are articles there. And there are interviews, and there's all kinds of information on how I do my work and what I can do for you. I have a phone number, uh, which uh, will probably be posted, but it is 517-256-0783, and I will answer your calls on that. But it's really, my practice is really for the companies and for the leadership themselves on how to better themselves and how to manage their career so that they will get the most out of what they do. Well, and when I think about it, Ken, you know, I just love it because... You know, you and I have talked um, about personal situations as well as uh, organizations and business, and your insight is just so refreshing because it isn't just tell you what you want to hear and build you up with uh, wonderful little bubbles. It's uh, sometimes some critical truths that you speak to people, and if you want to get ahead and you want to learn the way forward, uh, that's the kind of people you want in your life. Ken, I am grateful that you took time to be with us. Thank you very much, sir. It is my pleasure anytime, Vic. You're the best, and I appreciate that. And you're the best for tuning in right here to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. I can't wait to talk to you next time. <laughs>